All right, man. My name's Breeze. This is the MMA Breeze Show. Today we got Nikki Rod, the Black Belt Slayer. How's it going, man? Are you in Puerto Rico right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Nevada, Puerto Rico right now. Living, living large out here in the island. Man. Awesome, man. Awesome. What uh? So, what what do you miss about New York City? I know there's a. It's got to be a little bit of a culture shock going from the the city to the island life. <clears throat> yeah, most definitely a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, I guess the what I miss most about about New York is the it's the time it takes to get stuff done. You know, if you gotta get your car fixed, oil change, uh, uh, you gotta get your taxes done, or anything small like that, um, you can get it, done, get it done in a day or so. Everything takes a week plus out here. You know, even the even the overnight, overnight shipping takes a week. So it's uh, you definitely need some patience to live out here for sure. I hear that. I hear that, man. So I know, um, I know that you you just came off a big win. You're still slaying black belts. You know, he's uh, the last guy you beat was a, a two-time ADCC champion, a two-time BJJF No Gi World Absolute Champion, third degree black belt. What's uh, what's next, man? You got anybody else on the radar? Anybody you're looking to compete against or any events? I think who's number one wants to be back. Um, so probably in a couple months, I hop on there. And Third Coast Grappling is uh, in the talks as well. I don't have anything signed or anything like that, but um, I'd like to get matched with you know anybody that's won ADCC or or IBJJF Blackwell Worlds. You know, I like. Uh, I like to have their accolades be my accolades. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and just because I can't, I can't compete in IBJJF, I can't do the, the black belt stuff, you know, uh, I'm still purple belt. But, uh, so it'd be nice to get some, get some IBJJF black belts champs under my, uh, under my, my record and then uh, IBJJF guys as well. I'd like to go against like Bushesho or Felipena. I know they're retired and kind of doing their own thing right now. I'm sure eventually they'll swing back around to the to the grappling world, but uh, for now I'm uh, I'm the draw. You know what I mean? People have to call me out. I'm the I'm the big name. I'm the guy that's in the wins, and uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'll have a bunch of matches coming soon, man. Awesome, awesome. So let me ask you this: I know uh, you guys are you guys got the Donahue Death Squad. You're out in uh, Puerto Rico now. How's the the work like in the room day to day? Do you still have a lot of bodies, a lot of good training partners out there? Do you people come out there and shuffle in with you guys? Yeah, I mean we have a a few guys that come come and train with us, but uh, for the most part, it's just it's just us. Like the DDS is you know maybe have 15 guys or so that that moved out here and are committed to training and and become world champs and you know going into quarantine like when we were still living in, in new york <clears throat> there was this big unknown factor of like of like oh can we still get better when it's just us training and there's no other blue belts or fur belts or you know because in henzo's we have an influx of, of, of people like you know people who don't come from the uk spend a month train with us go back you know all over the world all over the country they come to new york train with bds and uh, then fly back home. So we, we had that constantly, constantly different bodies and stuff. And the room was always filled with 50, 90, 100 people sometimes. Um, now, as soon as quarantine hit, all that stopped. And it was just like, you know, honestly, at the start, like first month, it was just like me, Craig Jones, Gordon Ryan, and like Ethan Carlisle. And it was like that for the first month or, or, or two months. And uh, we still kept getting better. And slowly, everybody, you know, the main guys started, started coming back and started ended up being 10, 15 of us. And, uh, dude, we saw the first six months of quarantine, we got tremendously better. Like, I guess we were seeing was even more than it was previous because everything we did was specific to our, our needs. You know, it's like, again, you're sitting in class with John, that's great. 
but getting a private by John is even better, you know? So every day where we get privates by John, it's just like one-on-one, you know? Um, so that was an unknown factor kind of going into quarantine. And once we realized we, we can have, we can help each other to succeed. We don't need the other exterior bodies. Um, then it, the Puerto Rico thing was kind of a fast and easy decision. You know, we were like, as long as we're together, we can keep improving. So let's just take it to a, uh, a better atmosphere and a different, different atmosphere. You know, the quality of air, the quality, quality of life out here is uh, definitely upgraded. You know, I was never, I was never built for the city. Um, I did it because I had to, because that's what it took to, to, to get better. You know what I mean? New York and, and, the, and the East Coast, New Jersey, that's it. It's about the grind, you know? And I think we just take that, we take that East Coast grind mentality and we bring it to the, bring it to the tropics of Puerto Rico. And, uh, you know, we keep hustling out here. The, the training is never stops, man. We train seven days a week, twice a day, and uh, we're constantly getting better. You know, we, not only do we have John, uh, helping John Danner, helping us out, but it's uh, the talking amongst the amongst the team, amongst the athletes. Like you know, at any point I can ask Nicky Ryan. You know, if I if I have issues, I can go up to Gary Tony and and you know, um, if I have issues, they help me out. And it's cool because like training with these guys longer, you get to see what their strong points are. So like, if you need help with leg locks, you need help with body lock passing, like you know who to ask and uh, and who's going to help you out better. Yeah, right on, man. Awesome. I know we've seen a lot of improvements in your matches, you know, with uh, with your body locks and your passing. What would you say over the last year or since the the transition to with Sam uh, to Puerto Rico? What would you say you've gotten better at the most, or what what about your game has improved the most? Um, man, honestly, I've been doing this team, uh, been working the same thing since I started jujitsu. I've been playing guard a lot. Uh, doing the leg locks, body lock passing. And uh, the thing is with me, brother, I, like, I'm what I'm good at, I'm really good at. You know what I mean? Like, uh, in jujitsu, I have a few things I'm pretty decent at and I do well. But essentially, I'm still new to everything. So, everything uh, I need to improve, every, everything I know I can be worked on, you know. So, um, I try to take, you know, a week at a time, a couple weeks at a time, work on moves specifically and then move on. Um, but at always I need improvement for every move. So, you know, I constantly work everything. Every day I pull guard, every day I, I go body locks, every day I go uh, leg locks, you know, triangles. I do all, all this shit constantly. So it's, a, it's an accumulation. And I think once I hit, uh, once, I, once I hit the, the, not the final form, but, you know, where, once I get where I want to be, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be very difficult to deal with because I don't have so many options, you know. I don't want to be the guy that can only take down and pass. I want to be the guy that can pull guard, come up from bottom, leg lock. I want to be able to mount a triangle people. I want to be able to sub guys from the back from the guard, you know. So uh, I like the, I like how many options you have in jiu-jitsu, and I really strive to be proficient in all these options. Yeah. Uh, and you, we know you have a very unique style when it comes to grappling. You know, it's it's almost like the wrestler's blueprint for uh, taking on, uh, on jujitsu. I always talk about it. You heard me talk about it with Chael. What do you think about wrestling most prepared you for the submission grappling world? Um, besides besides the body awareness, right? Like in, in, in wrestling, you they teach you uh, a little bit of like gymnastics in the sense, like our warmups consists of, you know, forward rolls, backward rolls, front flips, back flips, uh, cartwheels, back handsprings. Like they force you to be athletic. Not everybody can do these moves coming out the 
wound. It's a it's a buried series of events. So I think wrestling really forces you to become athletic. And in addition to that, the the work ethic, the work output that you're doing in the wrestling room um, is incomparable to other sports. Like very rarely you find a group of people that that use a hundred percent of their energy in practice. Now that is because wrestling is more of a, a sprint. You know, it's a it's more, much more of a sprint than jujitsu is. But uh, I think honestly, the, the work ethic and the mentality that you that you develop in a wrestling room um, can pretty much translate to life. You know, any in most cases, the hardest worker in the room wins. Now, if you take that that attitude, the hard, being the hardest worker, and then you t- take top tier coaching and top tier practice partners on top of that, then that's a recipe for success. So I think uh, I think definitely the, the mental aspect of the wrestling benefits me greatly in the, in the world of jujitsu. Uh, awesome man and i'm talking about training partners and quality training partners you train with arguably or maybe people don't even argue it the best grappler in the world with gordon ryan what's it been like training with him over the years and how has he impacted your growth and your career so i've been rolling with gordon uh about three years now and the the growth is exponential man i mean it's not like like I, i always thought like you know when i started grappling i would uh I continue to surpass all these people because I, I thought that they were seeing stacked. You know what I mean? I thought like oh, I got, might have lost you. Like Gordon, for instance, I figured oh, yeah. um, you know, the difference between uh, him when I first met him two or three years ago and him now is it's completely different grappler. You know, it's tremendously better. And uh, that just forces the forces me and the whole team to to you know, we all strive to have the success and the knowledge that he, had, that he has. So, uh, even with him is, is great, man. I mean, it gives me perspective of, like, uh, where I am and where I want to be. It, the only downside is that, like, is that, like, if you have, if you have moves that, like, uh, don't work on Gordon, most of the time they work on, on everybody else. Like, so you'll, you'll have some doubts sometimes. You're like, like, fuck, am I doing this wrong? And you're really not doing it wrong. It's just like, Gordon's a step above you, you know, you know what I mean? He taught you the moves, so he knows all the counters, too. He knows what when it's coming and what you're going to do. So that's only – I have to remind myself that, like, these guys that these guys that I'm competing against aren't, aren't Gordon aren't nearly uh, at the level that he's at. So I kind of have to uh, eliminate those rounds from my mind and, and be like, okay, these guys are just regular grapplers, you know, because if it's normal jiu-jitsu, I can do that. What Gordon does, it's a different, it's a different thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. You roll with a lot of different people, and, and you've been in the game for a while now. Out of all the people you roll with, who's the most fun to roll with? Who gives you the most enjoyable? Uh, I know I see you and your cousin out there grappling. I believe it's your cousin, J- Jacob is his name. And- uh, no, it's my little brother. Oh, that's your brother. That's your brother. It seems yeah, like yeah. you guys obviously have natural chemistry the way you guys roll back and forth. So who, who do you enjoy rolling with the most? I think I enjoy rolling with uh, Ethan Krellestein and Gary Tonin the most. I think uh, they're a lot smaller than me, but the level of elusivity that they have, like, it's just so hard to hold them down, you know? So one, obviously hard to get them down, but to hold them down is a whole different thing. Um, I uh, We have really good chemistry when we roll and on the side of Gary Tonin, right? Like, like he's a, a superior athlete in the sense he can do like, he can do the handstands, he can do the backflips and, and all that, you know, all that extra you know, super athletic stuff. Um, 
think that he matches I strive to move like that. Like every time you see him uh, do the fancy like uh, Katagumas or or uh, scissor takedowns or he's uh, you know uh, roll, rolling around, his grabbing nonstop. I I see myself uh, rolling like that eventually. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm athletic as I'm as athletic as Gary, just on a bigger body. You know, so I feel like his style at the heavyweight division would do some serious damage. Mm-hmm. No doubt. <laughs> so uh, one of your training partners uh, is, has got a match coming up against Gabby Garcia with Craig Jones. What do you take about that match and uh, and the the first ever you know uh, intersex oh, yeah. match? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely, Gabby's got a got a size and probably a strength that you know Craig's a Craig's a strong guy but she's probably got 50 pounds of muscle on him so we'll see man um you know I'd say if there was no leg locks you know maybe be a more more interesting match actually I don't know the rule sets I don't know anything about it I just know that, that Craig goes against Gary and everybody's watching the guy knows how to mark himself for sure if you're a betting man who's who, who do you put your money on I can't, can't go against my teammate. I gotta take uh, I take Craig for the win for sure. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are be because because I bet you a lot of people see like oh like this girl's a, this girl's a four time eighty season champ and she's huge compared to him. Um, I wonder you know the people that are actually gonna bet on uh, on Gabby. This would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, like you said, and it can't be the, it can't be the Craig the Craig Jones memes. The Craig Jones memes are are the best. Man, the guys, know, he knows how to put some quality stuff on the ground. Man, oh yeah, I started going down a rabbit hole watching his uh, content the other day, man. It was freaking <laughs> me out. I could go down that hole forever, man. Um, oh yeah. You know, Gordon Ryan recently signed with one, you know, and uh, he talked about MMAs on the table. I know after you beat Luke Rockhold in a, in a grappling match, I saw in your interview, you had said, you know, you're not really interested in mixed martial arts. You're interested in grappling. And that's where your heart was. But, you know, with with everything going on right now and the way uh, Gordon's deal came to fruition, would you consider a deal like that? You know, if there's a lot of money in it, you know, and grappling is still in the picture. But would you consider something with MMA on the table? I the honestly the only way I would fight MMA it would have to be I'd have to make close to seven figures my, my first fight, just because the lifestyle that I live now is essentially stress free. I mean, you can only get so psych yourself out so much before a grappling match. You know, the worst thing that happens is you know uh, you break a limb or something it's not nearly comparable to getting your fucking lights put out in a, in a, in a fight you know and on top of that the, you know francis nagano was keeping me up she there in my weight class you know so it'd be a uh, the absolute wars um yeah if for, in, order, in order for me to step in the cage um i have to make it it has to be a million dollar fight you know and uh for no experience that's, that'd be hard to do you yeah. know so i just i just i always felt like have too many options to fight. Like you have to be a dog. You have to become a different kind of human to to step in the cage and say, "Listen, I'm ready to die here, or I'm in order to get this title." You know what I mean? And uh, I have too many options. I'm too. I feel like I'm too intuitive. I can figure. I can figure out how to make the money that I want to make without getting punched in the face. And uh, it's going well right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're still we're still young. We're still figuring it out. Um, but, uh, you know, the years to come are going to be fun. You're going to be full of, uh, of hustle and, uh, and hard work, man. 
So that's a, that's a, another question I wanted to ask. You know, you you've been uh, grappling for a while now, full time. What? How does how did grappling become a full time thing from you? And was it like a combination of social media and and other hustles, or are you kind of thriving solely off of grappling at the moment? So, uh, uh, so I guess how it started. 12 or 13 years old and, and absolutely fell in love with it. Anytime I wasn't wrestling in the off season, when I'm working every day, I would think about wrestling and competition. Like it's, it's the one thing that I'd wake up and think about it. I go to sleep and think about it. And I just knew, I, I knew deep down like, some way my life was going to circle back to, to maybe a competitive lifestyle, you know? So I remember being in, uh, in college, I went to college just, just to wrestle. You know, like I didn't give a fuck about the, about the education. I never went to class. I just went to practice. You know, so uh, after college, I get uh, start. I started uh, working a little bit, doing like some balancing gigs and stuff. While I'm bouncing, a couple of the bouncers train jujitsu. I'm just talking about it. They invite me to practice, and uh, I go to practice. And I just destroy everybody. I was like, this is this is easy. You know, there's a bunch of black belts there and stuff, and people that won like normal competitions, and it was like. I was like not breaking the sweat and absolutely destroying these guys. You know, I didn't know any submissions, but I just take them down and stay on top. They couldn't do anything to me. Um, now at that point, I had no idea that you could profit off of off of grappling. I didn't know it was like a substantial sport or, or anything like that. I didn't know who Gordon was. You know what I mean? Um, so my uh, my coach Jay Regabuto was like, "Listen, you know, there's a career uh, in grappling, like." Like this, essentially, he told me this guy Gordon's making millions of dollars, you know, just doing jujitsu. I was like, it blew my mind. So I just had no idea that you can make any money doing this. Because, I mean, to the masses, you have to pay to compete. I didn't know anybody got paid to compete, you know? So uh, it was definitely a, a little bit of an eye opener. And then I did my first, uh, like, two weeks into grappling, to doing jujitsu. I did, like, my first tournament and beat, like, beat a couple of black belts and just destroyed everybody. I think I scored like 80 points to zero in like the five matches that I had. And it was just overwhelmingly like, I hate to say easy, but it was, it was pretty easy for me at first, like, you know, first going against normal people, like I'm a superior athlete, a big guy that can move fast. So that alone will get you, will get your places. You know what I mean? And if you put some dedication on top of it, you know, it goes, it goes even further. I had this, like the second I started training, I started training every day. There was no like, like I knew, I knew getting into it. Like if I, I was like, if I go to this practice, I'm never gonna stop. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I kind of had that in the back of my mind going into the first practice, and uh, I took it for what it was, man. I just got lucky that I fell into the Hens of Racey team and got to meet me DDS and John Danner and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's working out well, man. I just, uh, yeah, I guess I just started. I started that one day bouncing, and I just been, just been hooked, man. It's a it's a uh, it's been an interesting couple of years, you know, fast paced couple of years for sure. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And when when did the money start coming in? Was it the tournaments or you know? I know you guys release a lot of uh, instructionals as well. What's what's the biggest uh, avenue for you to make money through jujitsu? So you have to have the the social media following. Like uh, you look at you look at a guy Yuri Smolis, for instance, two time ADCC champ, but he's got like thirty thousand followers on Instagram, which is good. But for a two-time ADCC champ, you should have a few hundred thousand, you know, if you market yourself the right way. Before I even started grappling, I had, uh, had 30,000 followers on Instagram, which is not massive, but to a nobody, 
that's a big deal. You know, my high school, I graduated like 75 kids. I went to a college with like, you know, a thousand guys and a thousand kids in each grade. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't exposed to a lot of people. So 30 K for me, for nobody from a small town was a big deal. Now I did that by just, just, uh, I was chasing, uh, fitness modeling a little bit. I signed with Wilhelmina Models, did a bunch of uh, photography, was posting on social media. And at the time, my goal was to get followers on social media. So posting every day for like a year prior before this jujitsu stuff and build up my following a little bit. So once I started the jujitsu, people were, were interested already because they're like, oh, this guy has a following, but he's nothing. You know what I mean? He doesn't want anything. Why is he popular? Mm-hmm. So the, it spiked people's curiosity already. And then once uh, Flow Grappling got involved and, and I started winning and stuff like that, it just started to blow up for me. But I honestly didn't make any money until, uh, I guess once I won the ADCC trials, I was able to, I was able to create enough money to I could practice full time. Like, like, uh, like, I guess I was kind of relying on, you know, my hustling skills and just making money where I could prior to ADCC trials. But once I won the trials on the West Coast, I was able to make money off sponsorships, um, get more, uh, make money off the Instagram posts more frequently and uh, kind of really, really uh, progress in my training, be able to make it up to Enzo's like seven days a week. The problem was it was so, it's like a, it cost me a hundred bucks to, tra- to train at Enzo's every day. So every time I go drive over to New York, it was a six hour round trip. Um, in addition to that, it cost me a hundred bucks. You got, you got food, you got tolls, gas, uh, train ticket, train parking, like shit adds up, you know, and a hundred bucks to somebody that, that only has a hundred bucks is a lot of money. So, uh, once I won the trials, I was able to make some money. And then once I took second ADCC, had that really good run, uh, I was able to really start profiting and, and start saving, saving some cash, you know, um, but uh, up until then, man, I was fucking so poor. Like, I remember I remember before, like, my first, like, decent check I got right after the ADCC trials was, like, $7,000. And, like, while it was, uh, while it was, like, I was waiting for the check to clear, like, I had, like, bills to pay and shit. And I just, I literally had, like, a dollar and 42 cents in my account. And I was, and it took, like, another, like, four days for the check to clear. I was fucking stressing, man. But uh, that's the name of the game, man. You got to risk it. You know, everything I had went to, went to training. And because I, I, I felt like, I felt like even if I failed, I still fucking tried my hardest. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I gave, I gave everything that I could give. And even if I did fail, I would continue to do it. You know? So yeah, it's a, it's a risk, but you gotta, yeah, you gotta give something, get some. So uh yeah, man, definitely, definitely. After I met, after I took second ADCC, you know, I was able to turn a, a real profit and start, start truly uh, considering myself a grappler and uh, a successful grappler. You know, it's been it's been uphill from there ever since. Mm-hmm. Great, great stuff, man. Great stuff. I know um, we're getting closer and closer to the next ADCCs. I know it's in September, I believe. And uh, you know, what what do you think is going to be the big biggest difference? from you at this performance compared to your last appearance at ADCCs? Well, the, my last performance at ADCC, I was limited with options. Um, I knew going into the heavyweight division, there's, a, there's an obvious lack of technique. If you're looking at the lower weight classes, there's a huge lack of discrepancy in, in, in technique. And that's mainly because these guys rely on their size and their strength to win. Um, and if you look at all the heavyweight matches, I mean, for the most part, it's a shitty wrestling match. 
You know, most of these guys have, have below average high school wrestling and they're just big and strong and whoever falls first loses. <laughs> so I saw I saw a huge, a huge gap in this this tournament. I was like, listen, if I can go into this tournament, tell these guys I'm gonna wrestle with them and, and they're dumb enough to stand up with me. I mean, there's no way I can lose. So I mean, if you look at the ADCC run, the only people that only got to be with is Martins because he did jujitsu with me. No, Ali stood with me and got thrown. Cyborg did try jujitsu, but Cyborg's just not that good. You know what I mean? He's, just, he's good for the heavyweights, but like he doesn't do good against uh, other athletic guys. Um, and then Orlando Sanchez, I just I just kind of you know got him tired and outworked him as well. But uh, I knew going into ADCC that I'm just going to try my best to, to wrestle. And uh, the only guard pass I had was like a knee cut, and uh, you know maybe a car roll pass. So this next ADCC, I have many more options. Um, I'm going from you know literally uh, only two or three moves uh, as far as my passing sequences to an abundance of uh, of options on the top, on the bottom. You know I can I feel I feel confident in pulling guard. I feel confident coming up from guard. Um, obviously, I can out wrestle everybody in my weight class, um, but I feel as if I'm getting good enough where the wrestling can be my backup. I can start with jujitsu and always have the phenomenal wrestling as uh, as uh, you know the thing I can I can fall back on if needed. But I want to be good enough to where I don't need to wrestle to beat these guys. I can beat the jujitsu guys with jujitsu, and uh, that's real success if you ask me. Heck yeah, man! Heck yeah! So if you had to, if you could finish a uh, submission off on one of these guys in the tournament, any submission you want, what would be the most gratifying submission to pull off? I think, uh, I think the heel, the, the leg locks, man, the heel hooks are, uh, are the most gratifying because it, it's a very, I feel like it's the smallest window in all of the submissions between uh, a submission and a break. Like the, the line is so fragile. You know, like I've only, I've only attempted two heel hooks in competition and I blew out both the guy's legs immediately. One guy was uh, Marquez Rodriguez, and the other guy was Bruno Bastos. And like the the legs go so so fast, and like we do leg locks so often in uh, in practice that like to see that you can actually break somebody's leg uh, in competition, it's like it's truly gratifying. It makes you makes you aware that like dude like i fucking know what i'm doing you know what i mean like because it's you, you drill with your partners you practice hard but it's nothing like getting in there and like yanking on it and being like oh shit like this stuff really works you know what i mean because it's like you know how it is it, it's cool wrong with your guys but that extra 10 percent, you know letting it loose in competition then the not caring if you hurt the guy that goes a long way and yeah. uh definitely boosts your psyche if you're able to get a, a good clean heel hook when in there yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Well, look, man, I appreciate you coming on today. Good luck with uh, with ADCC and, and uh, training, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on soon. For sure, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Peace.